Valentine's Day. That'll be uh, February 14th, and it's about 2.30 in the afternoon. I am up. I am dressed. I am sitting in front of my television in the living room, where I never podcast from, but uh, my son Daniel is up, locked in his room, or not locked, but uh, in his room, in isolation still. Uh, now, of course, just gone out to stock up on medications and uh, some groceries. Uh, we've all been hit with COVID, so... Uh, Things changed a little around this house. I think I last recorded uh, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, I think. And put it up Thursday, released it Friday. Um, Thursday night, scratchy throat. Mm, something's wrong. I know what's coming. And uh, I had everything that appeared to be flu symptoms. Now, what I, I had already known that uh, my son had... Uh, up COVID. I think he got a call. He had been visiting some friends on the weekend, and uh, and then next thing you know, he's got you know this ache and these other you know flu-like symptoms. And um, so we knew it was just a matter of time. I got it next. I guess I mentioned that Thursday. Today being Monday, I'm, I would say I'm pretty well over it. Just a little bit of fatigue left. Not a whole lot of energy, but that's natural. You know, I've been in bed for since uh, Thursday evening. So, poor Naoko is held off. She's she's got the headache, uh, some fatigue, uh, and a little bit of congestion. But she was determined to go out, and and she's taken over cleaning up the house. She's uh, she's she's been wonderful, but. Going on full Japanese cleanliness, I'm looking at, oh my god, the disinfecting wipes and hand lotions and spray sanitations and dishes in the sink with Lysol and uh, uh, my whole room was sort of stripped down and cleaned. Uh, I mean, she's done all this while she has not been feeling too well herself. I Basically, I've had room service until this morning. Uh, she was bringing me juice, medications, neocitrin, hot lemon and ginger, uh, you know, breakfast and supper. Uh, just incredible um, how good she has been to uh, to both Daniel and I and uh, putting our needs before hers. I think she was also hoping that she wouldn't get it. And I, I guess, I mean, this is what Omicron must be like because it, it's just not much worse than a flu um but it does it does kind of knock you out and uh but it's it, i i would hope or think that it's funny because you can pick it up either way my son's not vaxxed he got it i'm vaxxed i got it triple vaxxed um but the symptoms have not been so severe who knows if i had not been vaxxed how much worse this might have been for somebody my age but uh, anyway, I count my blessings. I've got it. It's over with. Just another experience. Uh, and it's been kind of an unusual one. I mean, it's not all that bad. Just sort of spending a few days in hibernation in your room. 
taking turns opening the window, letting in the freezing cold, and uh, Yuki, our cat, has just kept me company the entire time. Absolutely wonderful. She's just been right up on the on the bed right beside me, and uh, even though I hear cats can catch it, um, she's just been, uh, you know, she has been licking my hands and so on, oh my God, but she seems to be okay. But uh, it's just been wonderful, like, a, you know, a, a faithful pet to uh, knows when the owner is not doing well and just made sure she was with me day and night, which was nice. Um, so, what's to say? I've been listening to talk radio, which is something I never do, but not having access to the television, which I have on now in the background, question period, uh, I've been staying up to date with the um, truckers' uh, blockade and these events that are happening across Canada. Uh, and I guess I should give a warning now. I'm probably going to be talking a lot about that because, you know, I, I talked before about, wow, I lived through some of the big issues, the FLQ crisis, the uh, kidnapping of Pierre Laporte and... Um, uh, the computer riot. This this is up there with them. This this was a big deal. You know, it, it'll eventually be a, a, a just a news story of that time in February when trucker convoy shut down Ottawa. But it's been much more than that. The the fact that they took control of the Ambassador Bridge between Windsor and Detroit, essential for Canadian business and trade and trade relations, uh, and only today is it open again. It was shut down for a week by people just, know we're shutting it down until we get what we want. I mean, the idea was until all the mandates are lifted, governments can't tell us what to do until, you know, first Trudeau resigns and these mandates are lifted. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Well, the police finally got them off, but... According to the news, not one single person. Some were arrested, just if they resisted at all, they were carried off. Uh, But no violence, no guns, um, no scenes of, you know, beatings or anything else. But, apparently, not one person was charged. And to me, this is outrageous. People lost their jobs. Factories were shut down because of parts not coming across that border. And not one person who intentionally shut that border down was charged. And I, to me, this is just, this is an outrage. This is just wrong. No, they, I mean, they knew who you've got license plates, you've got vehicles, you've got names. Can't tell me with all the police around, you couldn't ID these people and charge them. And uh, apparently, no, no, they're just happy to have the bridge open again. And that is a weakness. So what this whole thing is exposed is a great deal of weakness in Canada's security, ineptitude, uh, police complicity in going along with these, because probably they also, a lot of them hate Trudeau and uh, the mandates. This whole thing was organized, started a year ago, by professionals with outside funding, you know, Canadian funding, but American funding too, uh, as part of a, a far-right movement, and they had the leaders were ex-RCMP, ex-police, ex-military, who coordinated and had this thing down. And how the government, how, I can't say the government, how 
police, uh, other uh, investigative organizations that we have, you know, uh, who are on the lookout for terrorism and so on, didn't see any of this coming to the degree and how they were able to move those trucks right into place in downtown Ottawa. There's got to be answers. I, I for sure think the chief of police for Ottawa uh, should be fired. Um, my brother doesn't think so, but I, I do. Um, his officers simply just obviously have no respect for him and disobeyed orders. He, all he did was get on TV and say, we need more help. We can't do it. We need more help. But it certainly looked like they were complicit in, in on the side of the blockaders. Uh, citizens finally took to the streets and held back a whole lineup of cars heading down to support and just blocked the road, said, no, you're not going downtown. Made them take down their big Canadian flags. Uh, This is another side to the story, that Canadian flag people are starting to hate the looks of it. People, you know, are really proud. A lot of Canadians overall love the Canadian flag. I never have myself. It needs blue stripes. Thank you. But anyway, uh, it's become a, a symbol of this group. So this is this is how brilliant this group has been. They're trying to make themselves appear as patriots. They're all waving these big flags. We're doing this for Canada, for your freedom. But meanwhile, they're not in the least bit concerned about people who are uh, immune uh, compromised, uh, the elderly, anybody else, you know, just you can't tell us to get vaxxed, you know, can't do that, you know. So there's a whole redneck component, there's a whole far right component to this. The trouble is, it was so highly organized. And this is not just, okay, the Ottawa was one thing, the Ambassador Bridge, Windsor, Detroit was another, but there's also a border in Saskatchewan shut down for trans-border goods and exchanges. Uh, The economy shut down. (coughs) And Alberta in Coots, and they tried to shut down a border in uh, British Columbia. So this is across the country. This is organized. This is a movement who is out to take down a fairly elected liberal government. They don't like Trudeau. Uh, they would put in far-right conservatives. Um, and so, so some some people are going to gain from them. Some politicians, like this guy, Poliviu, Poliviv, I can't remember his name, uh, champion, championing, championing them all the way. Uh, anyway, it, it, it's a big deal, and it, it has me concerned as a, as a Canadian citizen. I've been sort of you live in your little bubble, and everything's fine, and Canada's good, and aren't we the envy of the world? And then you realize, no, underneath all that, this was just a sign of the rot in there, and and there's a lot of hatred. Uh, an, an astounding amount of ignorance and people who would re- resort to force to have their way. And these are not the qualities that, uh, you know, uh, my friends and people I align with support. You know, no, you don't do this by, by force, by shutting things down, by saying, you know, resign or else. We're not leaving until we get our way. And now, today, on this day, for Valentine's Day, uh, Ontario, Saskatchewan, uh, Alberta, other provincial leaders 
have gone on and announced an end to certain things like, okay, now we're going to start to open up again, as they've done several times in the past, only to have it reversed. Now we're going to get rid of the passport. We had a passport system on Ontario. You couldn't get into a restaurant bar without showing proof of vaccination, triple vaxxed, uh, you know, like going to the only cafe. Well, you got to prove first that you've been vaxxed and show your ID to show that's you who got it. Um, March 1st, that's dropped. So people like my son who aren't vaxxed and anybody else can just go into any place now as of March 1st. And it's so funny that while this blockade is going on and they're saying, no, we're not leaving until we get our way, there are several places where they are giving in and giving it appearing to give. And they said, oh, it has nothing to do with that. We were going to do this anyway. Well, this is after three weeks of a blockade in Toronto. What does it look like? It means this, these convoys, if they were to pack up and leave now, they're going to say, thank you very much. We, we fought for you, Canada, and we got what we wanted. The politicians have caved. They are loosening up on the mandates. Trudeau hasn't. Um, we'll hear from him uh, today. He'll come on TV today. He had a meeting with all the premiers uh, this morning, I believe. So we have yet to find out what it is. But it, it's a it's a it's a turning day. It's an important day. This Valentine's Day, in terms of you know uh, dealing with this thing, how it got to this point. And when we talk about the blockade, it's not just they've shut down roads. No, they, they have set up there. They're organized. They're being fed. They, they've set up a tent just outside, uh, downtown where they feed people. There's rows of washrooms. There's a headquarters, a hotel they're using. They're giving speeches to the media that supports them. Uh, food. Uh, they set up a hot tub outdoors, bouncy castles for the kids. And, you know, the government is saying one of the reasons we're not using, well, we don't want anybody. It would look bad if they went in, you know, armed. But it also looks bad. We've seen on television people from the Ontario Provincial Police, the OPP, coming on and saying, hey, guys, you're doing a great job. We're in support. Don't worry about it. You know, officers who are supposed to remain neutral on these issues, stating clearly support for these people. So when you have your own police force not doing their job because, you know, they're they're in favor of these people and maybe anti-Trudeau as well, uh, that's scary. That's not good. Um, so I had thought we needed the military. Trudeau was doing his best not to bring the military into it, uh, maybe for logistic support. I, I thought they could bring in, surely they have heavy tow trucks and equipment in the military where they could just tow those vehicles out of the way. Wouldn't matter if there were a few were destroyed on the way, but the fact that they cleared the bridge and nobody was charged after a week of shutting down, uh, that's just, uh, it's, it's just, this is awful. And it's just proof for the next group who wants to try this. Hey, sure. They won't do anything. Don't worry about it. Learn from us. Look how well we did it. So I'll leave it there because that's enough of a rant. And some of you will be very, very tired of this. And and for that, I apologize. But this this just is so much what's on my mind now. There's nothing else that's that I care to talk about. Um, so that's the way it is. Scarborough dude uh, gratefully recovered from uh, my first bout with COVID. And um, yeah grateful that it wasn't any worse than it was 
Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Uh, I, I know anybody listening to this is probably vaxxed. Uh, doesn't mean you can't catch it, but uh, it'll probably mean it won't be as bad as it could have been. Bye for now. Ding, ding, ding. Check, check. Boys and girls. I should be feeling very, very content right now. I'm, I'm outside. I'm sitting on a bench I've known since my sons were just kids. Sitting by a creek in the uh, park area across from my house, across the ravine. And uh, it's what I promised myself I would do today, go out for a walk. But I've just got to unload a little. It was an ordeal getting here. I stood leaning on the back of my road trek in the driveway, you know, foot of the driveway, for about five minutes before I could actually get onto the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> the foot of our driveway is thick ice. The, the sidewalk in front of our house. That's why, I mean, people are taking the road. I saw some kid with big boots managing okay, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't exit our driveway. I mean, I couldn't get out of our house on foot. Now, part of it, we're sort of on a downhill slope. When the, um, I think I talked probably a month ago when a uh, snowplow sidewalk, snowplow driver got stuck and had one hell of a time. We went out and brought him water. He had, he needed help to get out of there. He just gave up. And I think it's been sort of a layer of ice ever since. I do have a son in the house and I think if he had done maybe a slightly better job, we might have been able to get at some of the ice when it was uh, melting but right now it's a solid sheet and even the driveway itself. And so I stood there like I've got my walking poles on. I, my wife that's very, very insistent I get some exercise. I've been dealing with COVID for well, since Thursday. Today is uh, Tuesday. And just, you know, the people she works with, uh, the seniors' residents... Uh, you know, they're, they're up to a hundred years old and they, they do workouts with her every day and I'm, I'm doing nothing. You know, I'm lying in bed with my cat beside me and sitting in my armchair with my feet up watching TV. And so she's right. I, I mean, I don't want to hear this. Uh, you know, my feelings oh for Christ's sake, I'm just getting over COVID for Christ's sake, leave me alone, you know. And, I, you know, boy, these are things you got to fight because it's so easy to slide into crabby old age. And I'm, I'm just trying to slow that process down. And so anyway, okay, so the good part is I'm out. I'm here. I'm on a bench. It's the one bench I wanted to get to. But even to get from the pathway to here, there's about uh, 20 feet of snow and ice. And it was really, really tricky. Anyway, I finally was able to, to, it took me a long time to just to find, okay, there was a bare spot of ice here, or sidewalk here. I think 
if I just take that chance, I can make it. My brain is saying, no, 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 don't go, don't, don't, no, don't, no, you're going to fall, you're going to fall. <sighs> and anyway, <coughs> I made it out. And I'm just, I'm just needing to get myself back into a groove, back into a little bit of mellowness. I'm still super hyped up about this occupation in uh, Ottawa and the border closings. And, and it's, it's, it's not the, it's not a law and order matter. It's the mindset of these people. This is, this is part of this American sickness. These are God-fearing people. And. I went over to the dark side again. I have a friend in Idaho. I, I don't know that I could properly call that person a friend, but uh, we connected at one point, and I, and I actually liked her. Uh, you know, we, we chatted, we texted. She used to listen to the podcast, and, and uh, it was kind of neat having an American friend. Moved up to Idaho, and she is right in the thick of it. And... Uh, so every once in a while, I like to visit and see what she's posting. And, of course, it's all go truckers and, you know, we support you. And it's all, yeah, we know where the money is coming from. We know what's behind this right-wing movement, fascist-like, you know, <coughs> the movement that's behind Get Rid of Trudeau. And, of course, it's Trump and that mindset echoes this. And, and that I find that deeply disturbing that it's it's here in us, and it's a battle that's got to be fought. I feel for my American friends, the people I know, the few who listen to this show, who are good people, and and man, they're they're in the midst of it. It's all around them, and, and this this is just dangerous. This is like you think of Mussolini, you think of these fascist leaders that can can mount a populist movement and get people who aren't real deep thinkers. And trump up some faith like, you know, this is what God wants us to do. Uh, what was it, these signs that you see on these trucks? And you realize, gee, these, lo- these slogans I'm seeing in these Canadian vehicles are the same ones that I'm seeing coming from America. And America cheering on, go, you know, we're with you. Not realizing this is only a small minority and it's not even led by truckers. It's led by ex-military, ex-RCMP, ex-police. Chief of Police for Ottawa resigned today. Well, here I go. I guess I'm into it. I was inevitably going to get to it. I guess I'll I, maybe I won't. I'll spare you my notes. But on this person's Facebook wall, there was somebody had posted a picture of what America really wants to see during the halftime show. This is the Super Bowl Sunday. What America really wants to see. And it was a picture. I don't know who the other figures were in the picture, but there was a gallows with a noose. And they were leading Hillary Clinton up to the gallows to be hung. And my friend just posted, that is so funny. And I said, you really think that's funny? And then the person who had originally posted it put, it is hilarious, as in Hillary, you know. <coughs> and and that's scary. I mean, this is, this is like, you know, we deal with the mindset of... Um, uh, crazy uh, Islamic fanatics, you know, and which continues to go on all over the world, you know. It doesn't make the news much anymore because we've got a, our own flood of stories. But <clears throat> that 
it's that same kind of hatred. And that that's what's disturbing. It's, it's the politics of it. Trudeau, of course, you know, called out this emergency act, which is good. Uh, they do have things they can do to the truckers who won't move. The truckers, the ones who are there, say, no, we're not moving. No, no, we're not backing down. And and the shouts from the states are that thing that Trump said. You know, stand your stand. What is it? Stand your ground. It, it just it it's scary. Because it is a populist movement. There are a lot of people, and you can tell when you engage with these people, they are not deep thinkers. These are people who just, they're scared. And so when you're scared, you want to cling to some kind of belief. Something's going to make you feel, yeah, I'm, we're right, yeah. We're the good guys, yeah, this is where we have to draw the line. And, and I mean, you see it now, there's, there's active military um, soldiers in, in the Canadian Armed Forces who are in support of this. And you know, we haven't called in the troops, other than in the past got the military to help at, at uh, seniors' homes when there were no staff and people weren't being fed. Uh, they called in the army, and that was a great help. Medics and others came into Toronto and, and uh, did a lot to you know, save people from dying, although many, many died anyway. Um but there are people actively serving in the military who are supporting this movement. Oh, Jesus. Like, like that's, that's misconduct. Anyway, so I, I'm just trying to explain why I'm concerned. Like, this is, to me, this is like a wake-up call. I remember I mentioned those two books and I read about dysfunctional families and childhood poverty. And I, it was like, wow, give your head a shake. Wow, I didn't really, really... <laughs> until I got a, a really vivid picture of the suffering. You know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, poverty, yeah, okay. I mean, you try not to do that. You want to think you care. But this this reading stories, real-life stories, really brought it home. It's like, you know, you see a 1,000 people, 10,000, you know, half a million starving to death. You, you don't feel much. And you see one picture of one child begging for water and no that gets to you you know the refugees you see the one little boy washed up from drowning okay that one now i know what you're talking about (coughs) it's so this these stories did that to me but now this thing that's happening this convoy of thick-headed people uh, being highly organized and, and just being so convinced that they are right, that they are doing it for all Canadians. And this is in the name of freedom because the government passed a mandate saying, hey, you've got to, you want to work for us, you've got to be, you've got to be vaxxed because we want to get control of this, this virus that's killing people. And it's worked. It's been effective. Well, of course, provinces are already quickly backing down because people don't, you know, some political leaders like our Ford, leader of Ontario, and uh, Kenny, leader of Alberta, they don't want to lose votes of the people who are sort of leaning to the right. So they're suddenly, okay, March 1st, we don't know, restaurants no longer have to check your vaccine passport. It took so long, cost millions to get this thing set up properly so that people could check a vaccine passport to make sure you were triple vaxxed before you could sit down and have a coffee at the only cafe. And they say, oh, okay, now March 1st, you don't have to do that anymore. 
So the people, the caring people, <coughs> are hoping their favorite restaurants and bars are going to keep doing it anyway. But how long can they hold out on that? How long can they do that and and not get the business they need to stay, stay alive? They've already lost so much business. Anyway, I mean, all these are just, they're very real issues. And, and they're... They're resonating with me. They're making me think. They're making me care. They're making me want to understand more. They're making me want to <coughs> sneeze. <sighs> Hats off to James Whittingham. Anyway, I feel a little better. I, and this creek is one where I, where I used to came, come with my boys and thought it was so neat to have your house right by a neat creek and a ravine and could go right down to the edge and throw sticks in or rocks and I still have a little truck down in the basement bar that was found right you know right near where I'm sitting I'm looking at the spot where we found it um my uh, eldest son just sent a package or packages from Amazon to his younger brother beautiful paint set for the things he's painting is <sighs> small fighters. I I don't even want to call them, you know. (coughs) These various military-type things that he's developed a passion for, and it's a good hobby. Anyway. uh, And something for my wife. (laughs) CD and a book for me. That's the one out in Vancouver who's going to be visiting very soon. So I guess what I should be, you know, always keeping in perspective. I'm a fortunate man. I've landed on my feet. My life has ended up in a very good place with a wonderful wife who cares. She's a bit strict at times, and I, I must admit, I do get a little impatient sometimes and I'm I'm like a child I'm very very childish when it comes to being told what to do I really don't like anybody telling me what to do and uh, so I will grumble and snarl and mutter under my breath but uh, I always know that she's right and I just try to be try to hold myself back try to be a little more Patient and understanding, and most of all, try to be more grateful for everything I've got. I'm, I'm, you know, the day started with me like standing in my, at the end of my driveway, not being able to start my walk <coughs> because I couldn't get past this sheet of ice. It was really, really upsetting. Like I was ready to just turn around and go back in. Fuck it, I can't even leave my own fucking house. You know, I'm I'm just like, and it's this condition, and it is, it is, seems to be getting worse. The the Mallinson course, I've already owned up to the blame before. Yeah, well, how much exercise are you doing? Well, nothing really. Yeah, well. So, 15 minutes, I'll leave it there. I I may come back to you a little later on, but uh, this did me a little good. And that's always been the point of the Dixon Jeans podcast, is just a... It, it is a it is a, a be where you are, be where you're at. I want to a, a salute, a shout out to my good friend. His name has come up many times, Kenneth, Kenneth Pereira, off on another fucking cross 
continent adventure. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell this one's about. It seems to be all kinds of hiking trails, and you could, you know, you can find him. I think he's the, uh, damn, I don't have the uh, contact info. Contact me, and I'd pass it along. But anyway, shout out to you, Kenneth, who, uh, I'm glad you found your your earphones, your earbuds, yeah, that you uh, you lost somewhere on the trail, and you had to make a decision. You know, do you just keep going without them, or do you go back? And I said, wow. You know, like, it, it, it struck me as one of those decisions, and you're on a journey. Any decision you make changes everything. You know, you decide which restaurant you go to or what time you go to a restaurant really determines oh, who you're going to might by chance meet or not meet. And everything, like everything is all these unpredictable ripples continually through your life. I mean, my meeting my wife that day in, in uh, the new Olaf's, hey, that night, that was when I had I not gone that night. And of course, had Sheila not come to visit and said, take me to Olaf's the week before, where they told me, hey, the new Olaf's is opening next week. You got to come. You know, little things like that that just that determine your future and your fate. So losing your earbuds, do you go back? Well, what's that going to do? That just sends your whole timeline off. Like everything has changed now forever. And yet you have to believe you always get to exactly where you're supposed to be. And, and with a smile, because you just can't control everything. It's impossible. It's unpredictable. And, you know, you can imagine this infinite number of parallel universes where everything is different. And, and here's the last thing. Uh, my wife's birthday, I, I gave her a lousy card I bought in the dollar store. I'm embarrassed. But, I, you know, I, I need something to go in the bag and <laughs> with, the ro- with the roses. And I wrote, thank you for making my life so much better. I think that was it, the message. And I, I thought about it. I thought, hmm, I'm comfortable with that. Thank you for making my life so much better. Yeah, I guess that says what I want to express. You know, does that really capture it? Thank you. Like, you really, I wanted to get the message out. You've changed my life. And it is a better life that I have now because of you. And um, I gave it to her card, and um, she read it. <coughs> and she said, oh. That's exactly what you wrote last time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I heard, oh, maybe that's why that, those words seem so comfortable. I'd already used them. And uh, fortunately, she laughed. Uh, and she laughed and said, yeah, you could be living on, you know, named the street nearby and uh, on your own, you know. And it, it's very easy to imagine the scenario. Have either divorced or married to somebody more of a drunk than I am, or used to be. Uh, I'm not anymore. Anyway, we'll end on that note again. Thank you. And uh, Scarborough, dude, I, I I do care, and I and I hope some of you who do listen care. And I hope your lives are uh, are going well. And I I wish more of you would share your struggles and foibles and, you know, happy moments, sad moments, moments of doubt, whatever. Do what you want to do.
Scarborough dude signing out from this wonderful little park nearby, and I'm 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 glad. And again, it's my wife who was the one who sort of pushed me to get the hell out and get some exercise. So with that, I better get back on the trail and do a little more walking. Bye for now. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> tail end of a walk. I'm actually, I can see my house from where I'm sitting. I'm, I'm on a bench in the park that uh, backs onto my house, or our house backs onto the park. Uh, and uh, I'm facing the elementary school where uh, both my boys went to school, Cedarbrook Junior Public School. So I'm sitting on a bench in Cedarbrook Park now. I left home an hour ago and thought, instead of going back to the park I was in yesterday, I'll just walk the neighborhood. Well, sidewalks with all the melting, you can have stretches, you know, of just 
water or ice and so you got to get on the roads here on and off and on and off the road and I had one place in mind that I had a bench and it was sitting sort of facing the railway tracks and it was a bit isolated in a little patch of land and uh, I knew how to get there it was a long walk but I knew I could do it and uh, made my way there and looked at the bench and saw the snowbank and realized I could not climb a simple snowbank. I mean, we're not talking a giant snowbank. We're talking one that normally a healthy person could just jump over. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I just. I knew there was no way I could regain my balance. I, I can't because of the balance issue. I can't. I can't trust to make a leap or take a giant step. I can just do these safe baby steps. It, it's really, I don't, I don't want to whine here, but it's a reality that I'm just becoming more and more aware of, concerned about. Um, and so I'm looking at this, and I, I think I just can't get there. I, with help, if somebody, I had somebody under each arm, you know, to just sort of balance me, I could have done it with a friend. But I couldn't on my own. And I thought, holy fuck, it is a long way back home. And I, I walked along the road. I went further. And I saw another ben- bench in the distance. And the same thing. I would have had to climb up kind of an icy slope. And I couldn't do it. <sighs> so, nothing to do but keep on walking. By then, my back is aching. I realized, well, I really didn't prepare for this. I didn't take back, you know, I didn't take any pain meds. I just assumed this would be fine. But I need to... You know, after 15 minutes, I need to sit down somewhere. And I couldn't, so I walked for probably 45 minutes. And then on the last stretch on the sidewalk, once you're committed to the sidewalk and there's snow between you and the road, you can't get off it. And so I was walking through, like, inches of water, ice-cold water. That wasn't fucking nice either. And then finally got here, and I looked ahead, and I saw a block of ice. And I thought, okay, I can't get off the sidewalk, but I can't go over that ice, and I can't climb a snowbank to get onto the road. I'm fucked. So I did the other thing. I climbed up a hill in this melted snow. And I forgot, okay, I could probably, using both my poles, very carefully make my way up a hill. Because the snow would give in, my foot would just sink deep, and that was okay. And that got me to where I am now. And now I've got to figure out how am I going to get home. I, there's actually a way I could get in through my backyard. I might try that. But I'm I'm a bit concerned. But anyway, my part of the deal of taking this walk was to talk to you. You, whoever you happen to be. Uh, shout out to Jason. I know he listens. Um, I heard him today. I, I enjoy him talking about his dog, and I do understand uh, the dog he lost, how he was always mean and barking, and and that's partly why I love Yuki. Like, Yuki snarls if Yuki doesn't get what she wants. Like, you know, if you don't pat her right, she'll just turn in with a claw, or she'll stare at you and snarl or wag her tail. No, it's not right. Come on. Get it right. Get your shit together. She's just angry a lot, and she lets you know it, you know. You're not being perfect as an owner. Uh, well, we're not owners. We're carekeepers. Care, care keepers. Anyway, uh, that was funny. So, yeah, <laughs> 
today, I guess on the, uh, let's get back to the truckers, um, the police started issuing notices, sort of saying, okay, you've got to leave now. These are the things you could face. So it was a fair way to start, I think. You know, they went around and they weren't in force and they just tapped on the windows of the truckers. A lot of the truckers deliberately just threw them down, threw them in the garbage, you know, and some took them, but nobody made a big fuss. But the truckers have dug in, and they're saying, no, we're not leaving. No, you can't make us go. Yeah, these, I don't care about these threats. And they're just hoping, hoping, hoping that there's a lot of people on their side who are going to back them up. I talked to my brother today, and he says, no, the answer for him, and I almost agree, is bring in the army, unarmed soldiers, but in uniform, in force, like a lot of soldiers, bring them in and say, okay, guys, time to leave, and have them backed up behind them with the with the police, who will be armed in case, because there's, there's a very good chance there are guns amongst this group. I could not believe there'd be ex-cops, ex-military uh, staging this thing without having armaments somewhere. Uh, even truckers, long-distance truckers, you'd think they would be armed. Uh, anyway, uh, so so today it was just sort of a polite, you know, we're serving you notice, which should have been done, everybody knows, three weeks ago, but it wasn't. The police chief has resigned, and we're, there's a fresh start, new acting chief of police for Ottawa, and okay, here's what we're doing. So they do have a plan, they're not revealing it to the press, but it was quite clear on TV. But, you know, there's, there's I think, what they say, 350 vehicles in the city? And we're talking like transport, like with trailer trucks, and they're all loaded. They're, and they're still there. There's pictures. They're roasting a pig on the street, like in a big, you know, metal container with a rotisserie, a full-size fucking pig. And they're just doing this as just to show, hey, you can't stop us. We're here. We're camped here. We're organized. We know what we're doing. Roasting a fucking pig in the middle of downtown Ottawa. Jesus. This is one for the history books. So, uh, anyway, we'll see. I, I think by, uh, you know, hopefully by Friday, before it builds up for the weekend, when all the other onlookers come in, uh, there'll be some of them will be starting to move. There's a couple have already said they'd like to, but their trucks are boxed in tight. And uh, so it's going to be pretty tricky. But I want to see those fines. I would like to see a few people let off in handcuffs. Definitely arrest. The trouble is what they what they've already said is no. You can arrest them, take them down to the police station, book them, and then you have to let them go. You can't keep them locked up, and they'll just go back to the hills. Yeah, so what? So I don't know. Anyway, it's it's unfolding as we speak. All right, the wind is picking up, and I gotta make my way home. I'm gonna have to decide my route. I think I'm gonna try. God damn, it's very painful for me to go downhill, but falling in snow isn't this bad. I just I don't think I'm going to be able to get down this hill and back down. So I think I've sort of really fucked myself. I think I can, there's only one way and that's down a, quite a steep hill and into my backyard. So, uh, yeah, I probably, that would, maybe it would make a good live recording, but I don't think I need the added uh, complication of holding a microphone in my hand. So it is Scarborough, dude. Oh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. So that this is not all woe is me the thing about the walk, I love the fresh air. I'm nicely bundled up in a, a beautiful winter coat now. Uncle got me and a beanie on and uh, just my road track beanie. And I brought my iPhone along with my music on my iPhone set to shuffle. And I have got such great stuff there. And it just, 
it's one thing that still just gives me so much absolute pleasure listening to really good music music i love uh one of them songs came up from love forever changes and i i'll match that against anything the beatles ever did uh just fabulous the instrumentation the music the horns coming in this is love forever changes you know the one and uh, just some other random stuff. I've got such a mix of music there. And on shuffle, I love it because you don't know what's coming up. Suddenly, you got a piece of Steely Dan. You got something else by It's a Beautiful Day. And you just got vintage, some new stuff. Uh, I, there's a track. I love the track that I've uh, included with this CD. You would have just heard it before this clip. <coughs> um, anyway, Scarborough Dude. Signing off from this little, I think it's, I don't know if, it's, if this is Cedar Grove or Cedar Brook Park, but it doesn't really matter. It is Cedar Brook Junior Public School, and it's, uh, it's situated on, and it's got that beautiful line of uh, weeping willows. They look, they're beautiful in the winter. I just took a picture. Scarborough Dude, signing off. Bye for now. that into the background a little bit. A little uh, CD my son sent me from Vancouver. The John Barry 7 hits Mrs. Beat Girls and 007s. Another weird collection. He uh, sort of goes online, does a bit of a deep search. And there's people out there who dig through old recordings and maybe expired licenses or who knows what and put together collections of uh, music you may never have heard before. Uh, it's it's kind of fun, kind of funky. I I do like the Beat Girl uh, one, but uh, anyway, anyway, moving on because it's not about music. It's about the fact that I've got less than eleven minutes left to finish off this podcast. It is Thursday. I'm sitting in Sal again. Um, I've the past two days, I've uh, taken long walks. You've heard about that. But uh, it's raining today. The snow is melting. Uh, it's great. The ice has melted, but not completely. It's still a lot in my driveway. Uh, but anyway, this is a good excuse. And I thought, hey, you know what you can do? You can sit in the, sit in Sal and enjoy your nice little uh, lights that are up there. I've got them on green now. I kind of like the green. I didn't like it before. And listen to a little music and just chill for a bit. And uh, wind down this podcast. I've got a few notes, of course. Um, I've been doing a lot of posting, a lot of tweets. Uh, I just put on Facebook um, how I calculate my daily average Wordle score. And I just want to see if there's any bites on that. Uh, things still going on in Ottawa. The police have given the notices, and they're telling the people, you got to go. And this is a long weekend coming up, and you know they want it done. Everyone out of there, back to normal before this weekend is over. In fact, I think they'd like it done before the weekend gets into full swing and more people show up. Um, the, those who are there saying, oh, no, you know, under uh, our understanding, they can't arrest us. They can't do anything to us. And, uh, 
we'll stick to the end, and if they eventually blew us out, we'll just show up somewhere else. So they're not going to give in. And, and I guess that's the only last point I really want to get in. I had a bit of a run-in last night with my uh, younger son. Differences of opinion we've had over uh, the vax, over the actual COVID itself, and then over this occupation. Now, I know it's normal for fathers and sons to have disagreements. Um, This is true, I I would say, in every household. But it's not always easy to deal with anyway because it's emotional and it's family and you'd like to feel you're together on everything, but that's just not the case. Um, And so, you know, on we go. And uh, we just want to keep the lines of communication open. Uh, today I also, I listened to Canada Land, which I, I usually tune into, and I swore at it today. I got just so pissed off. Whoever he had on with him, I'm not even going to bother to look her up. They were really against, oh, Trudeau went too far with this Emergencies Act. Everybody's saying that. They're just, the TV news likes to tweak your buttons, you know. Tweak your buttons? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Annoy you, set you up, get you irritated, you know. And uh, this business making, oh, such a big deal. And the Conservative Party, oh, my God, I never had any respect for them at all, but so much less now. Like, they want something to go wrong for political gain. Um, Anyway, it's going to be very, very difficult, but it's going to happen. So, you know, this will be history, so I'm not even going to go how it's going to play out. I have no idea. Uh, but the fact that people are polarized, and I found I was when I got angry at hearing this person say, well, no, I, I don't support them blockading the Ambassador Bridge, but, and then she went on to explain if it was her cause, missing, indigenous, missing and murdered Indigenous women, which is a horrible thing, then I'd be in favor of the blockade over the Ambassador Bridge. Well, she's just sort of picking, you know, <sighs> that just annoyed me. Hey, you are, are, you think it's okay or not okay? Well... Not in this case, but if it was my, you know, peeve, the thing that I'm concerned about, yeah, then I'm all for it. And that's when I just said, oh, fuck off, fuck off. Jesus. Um, There's a lot of just, it seems like, I'm probably doing it myself, people just screaming at each other, but nobody's listening, just making noise. But these people are so convinced they are right that they are heroes that they are doing this for such a great cause and that's the danger and that's true in Trump's America that people have drunk the Kool-Aid and and yeah we will die for this because we're right and if only you could understand that and of course the other side my side the normal logical uh, science fearing people um you know, no, we're right, you're wrong. Come on, it's clear. So it, it is really difficult. Anyway, Trudeau calling out this um, emergency act is not an abuse of power. It's going to be used very carefully, but they've got to do some, they got to make some real threats short of violence. They don't want to go with guns and, and uh, blazing, you know. So they're saying, all right, we're going to hit you in the pocketbook, freeze your accounts. Cut your insurance and, you know, the things I've already mentioned here. So, okay, let's just leave that. If you're really curious about what some of these people think, check out Pat King, P-A-T-K-I-N-G, two words, Pat King, or Tamara Lynch, L-I-C-H. God damn it. Uh, Even Daniel Bulver 
<coughs> any of these people. Of course, you're not interested. I, no, don't don't bother. I'm just giving those names for the sake of history. But Jesus Christ, um, idiots, idiots, idiots. So uh, we'll see. I've got down here. Maybe I never even talked about. It. There's a local school right here, uh, very close to us, David and Mary Thompson High School. There was a targeted shooting inside the school. A 14-year-old went up to a grade 11 student, probably uh, maybe a 19-year-old, I don't know, and shot him dead point, you know, point-blank range in the back. Bam! Killed him on the spot. In the hallway, in the school, before school was let out. And then went after somebody else, and the gun didn't fire. And of course, they caught the guy. 14, of course, they can't give the name, they, and it's almost like they know, okay, I'll, my sentence is going to be lighter if I kill him before I turn 16. But this this is awful. This is the number of guns in Toronto, and this whole thing, you know, I used to like to call the American problem, because that's where all these fucking guns are coming from, and that's where this whole model of gang mentality, no, I can't blame it all on the states, can, 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 back off, this is our problem. These are kids who are just in trouble. Rival gangs. Oh, my God. <sighs> so, there we go. You wanna, Should I move ahead for a song you actually want to hear? Because uh, I don't know how much more I've got to really tell you about. Well, this stuff is okay. The kind of stuff you might hear in a... A lousy 60s movie trying to show teenage dance stuff. Anyway, um, I guess that's about it. Gosh. Am, am I losing it? Like, I used to be. I never used notes before. Now my notes are finished. I don't want, I guess because I don't want to go into them anymore. Uh, I just want to move on with something fresh. Uh, shout out to, I have friends who are heroes who are doing their own thing. And if you're young and you've got the courage to just live life by your standards and your rules and your hopes and your dreams... Uh, and by young, I mean anybody under 40. <laughs> In your 30s, your 30s is okay. Uh, you can start younger, of course, but, um, you know, you don't don't grow old too, too soon. Um, yeah, it's Scarborough Dude. Chilling in the road trek. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be glad when this is settled, and I just hope that there's, there's nobody gets killed, um, that no children are really hurt. I, I think those children who are with the uh, truck convoys are already suffering enough just being forced to sit. But maybe for some of them, hey, what a big deal. You know, this, this will shape their life in future. And uh, I mean, that's quite possible. They may be. I saw somebody and they said, oh, how could you do this? A kid had a, a, a jerry can of gasoline strapped to his back and saw this as, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm thinking, I bet you that kid is really enjoying this. God damn, you're being around all these big trucks and truckers. Everybody's, you know, glad to see little boys out there and uh, watching their dads. Yeah, so there's a different perspective. We'll end on that. For the kids in there... 
you know, they get they get some of them. They got they got other kids around to play with. This is an adventure. Holy fuck! What a great thing. So okay, okay. Final note, and I didn't realize I hadn't got here yet. There are different perspectives. I learned that from my son last night, and I can see it when I look at the look at the news. No, try not to look at the news and just look a little more objectively at the uh, what's going on in Ottawa at this convoy where, to date, there isn't violence. They're shoveling the snow. They're not pissing on the unknown soldier anymore. Uh, there's no more swastikas. They keep bringing that up. But that, they were, they're gone. They got rid of them. You're not seeing that. You're not seeing the rebel flag anymore. These guys are patrolling their own. They're smart enough. They're organized enough to make sure the image they present is, hey, we're nonviolence. It's just that you can deter, you can define violence in different ways. And for people who've lived for three weeks with horn, air horns going all night, um, that's, that's an act of violence. That's and, and definitely an infringement on personal freedom. So I'm not defending it, but I'm just saying the news... I, I'm consuming the news I want to consume. And that, that was the point. That was the point I wanted to make. I got so angry at Jesse, and I didn't listen to the rest of the podcast because I didn't want to hear a different view from the one I had. And this is exactly the problem, boys and girls. This is where this whole fucking thing is going off the rails all over the world. People aren't listening to each other, don't want to hear a different viewpoint. You just want more and more reinforcement of what it is you believe and you like. So I'm watching CTV, and I'm watching CBC, and I'm getting all the good guys' news of, yeah, this is terrible, we got to stop them, and so on. And different viewpoints, I don't think I'm all that open to. I'm just angry, and I want them the fuck out of there. And, um... You know, is that the way? Uh, is this just going to be more and more like this? More and more polarized positions? Boys and girls, I leave you, leave you with those dark and ugly thoughts. Scarborough dude signing off from his truck. You've gone over, but uh, don't worry about that. Bye for now, and I'll see you next Friday. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'll be back. Bye for now with more and, and with a wrap-up. We'll have a wrap-up by next week. Bye for now.